Good morning, everyone. Good morning, and Merry Christmas. My name is Jacqueline Snape. If you're new to New Life, I'm the executive pastor here. And so I just want to welcome you to this first Sunday of Christmas service. And I know all the packages are opened and everybody's eaten, and so you kind of think that Christmas is over. But according to the Christian calendar, Christmas has just began. This is the Sunday of Christmas, and so it's called Christmas Tide. So um, we're going to have a little bit of a different kind of service today. So what you need is something to write on and something to write with, because I'm going to be asking you some questions later on, and you're going to have some time to reflect and just journal on your own. So if you want to grab those things right now, um, feel free to do that. So um, this, this week, actually, between Christmas and New Year's Day is really fascinating to me, um, because generally, last year at this time, I was so busy thinking about New Year's Eve, and we were going to have a big party, and you new, you new lifers know how it is. We have food, we have a DJ, we have a lot of stuff happening in the building. Um, but this year, we are having a celebration, but it's not quite as exorbitant as it usually is. Um, and this is a good time during this week to just stop and really reflect on the year previous and the year ahead. The weird thing about this week is it closes out a year, and then there's this space, there's this gap of kind of waiting. We just kind of sit, we just kind of ponder, right? We prepare for what we believe is gonna be the next year. I remember in 2019, the funny thing was, not so funny now looking back, but we all said, we can't wait till what? We couldn't wait until 2020. Yeah, see how that turned out, okay? So let's not say we can't wait until 2021, but we want to be prepared and we want to seek God for what he has for us in 2021. And this kind of space where you're in this waiting room and you're in this transitional phase, it's referred to as liminal space. You know, we've heard, many of you have heard that term before. Um, we've had sermons about it. But that to me really defines this week that we sit here closing out one year looking at the door of the next year, but not quite sure what's on the other side of that door. So it's like when you leave high school and uh, you're excited for college and you're all ready for day one and then you find out, well, there's really kind of not a day one because everything's on Zoom and you really don't know if you're supposed to go to school or you're supposed to stay home. Or liminal space is like when you, you leave a job and you travel to a new city to get your new job and you're excited and you get your apartment and then when you get to the new city, your employer tells you, I'm not really sure if we can hire you right now. I'm not sure when we'll ever hire you. Or it could be like when you go to your doctor, you know, you go for your routine checkup and you go to the appointment and next thing you know, there's conversation about the appointment. And next thing you know, there's a, a test that you have to do because of the appointment. And then this follow-up, and then you find yourself in this funny space of wondering, what happened? I just went for a doctor's appointment, and now all these procedures are happening and coming, and I don't know where this is going. That's what liminal space is like. And so we're going to look at a period of the Gospels where I believe this plays out. But first, let's pray, and then we'll take a look at the Gospel of Luke. So, Father, we just offer up this time to you. We offer ourselves. We ask that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord would say to us today. 
Help us, Lord God, to be partners with you in this journey, in our learning, in our understanding. And most of all, Lord, that we would submit each and everything unto you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let's take a look at Luke chapter 24 um, and see what the gospel writer has for us there. We're going to start at verse 13. And here's the reading. He says, now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleophas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And then verse 31, then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. You know, this, um, this passage is usually associated with Easter because obviously it comes right after uh, the crucifixion um, and the disciples kind of scatter and these particular disciples are on the road. But I think that for our purposes today, there's a lot that God wants to speak to us just about this idea of being on the road, this idea of being in liminal space. Richard Ward describes it this way. Um, he says that it's liminal space is when you have left the tried and true, but have not yet been able to replace it with anything else. It's when you're between your old comfort zone and any possible new answer. If you're not trained in how to hold anxiety, how to live with ambiguity, how to trust and wait, you will run. Anything to flee this terrible cloud of unknowing. Let me repeat that last paragraph because I think it's really key. If you are not trained in how to hold anxiety, how to live with ambiguity, how to entrust and wait, you will run anything to flee this terrible cloud of unknowing. See, that's how you find yourself on the road. Whether it's the Emmaus Road, whether it's Queens Boulevard, whether it's the LIE, whether it's destructive behaviors and patterns, you're gonna find yourself on that road, running. And this is what happened to the disciples. So as we go through this, this process this morning, I'm gonna be asking you a series of different questions. We're gonna be taking a look at a photo that I have for you. And um, you are going to be writing down your own reflections. This is a part where it kind of goes into your hands, you and the Holy Spirit, and you're just going to write down what you believe that he's saying to you. Um, I'm going to give you about a minute as we go through different questions. It's not enough time, um, but it's just a taste. And so hopefully whatever you put together today, you can take that and I'll just reflect on it before you get into the new year and just see what God might have for you and have you, how he might have you to approach this new year. So let's begin. I want you to take a look at this picture. 
Um, and the first thing I want you to notice is just look at the two characters, the one on the, one on the left, the extreme left, and then the one in the middle. And notice, notice a couple of things about them. First, just the dark clothing that they have on, right? Um, they're they shrouded in this darkness, symbolizing sadness, symbolizing this, this tragedy of Jesus' death that's happened. They're kind of hunched over. Um, and then you see one, the one on the left, he's, he's leaning in to the gentleman in the middle. And it almost looks like he's kind of whispering to him, right? Now, the thing is this. We all need companions. And, and I would dare say the Christian journey is not to be taken without a companion. We need others to walk with us. We're the body of Christ, right? And so that's a good thing. But the question I have for you to reflect on is what? This. Who are your companions? Who are your companions? And second, what, are, what do they whisper to you? Are they encouraging words? Are these words of affirmation? Are they words of destruction? So take a moment. Again, I'm just going to give you a minute, but I want you to think through that. Who are your companions? What do they whisper to you? Words of encouragement? Words of discouragement? Take a moment to think about that. You have another 30 seconds. Again, who are your companions on this journey? And what kind of words do they speak to you? Are they words of encouragement or words of discouragement? Again, I know this is not enough time, um, but we're going to move on. So just if you're in the middle of that, just hold your thoughts, and you can follow up with that a little bit later. The second thing I want you to notice is take a look at the ground. Um, and I realize that you're looking through um, a few different lenses to be able to see the photo clearly. But the ground around these three, um, these three characters is kind of like an earth tone. It's kind of a sandy um, uh, mixture. And so what this says to me is that it reminds me that we're all made of the dust. You know, we're frail. We're humans. Um, and, you know, Pastor Richard loves to say that the church, you know, that's saying that, the, that we need an ambulance because the church is a place, a hospital where sick people are. And Pastor Rich says, no, that's not true. The church is where dead people are. We actually need a hearse. So I think this is that part of the photo that reminds me of that. It reminds me that my life is frail, that my life is temporary. And so my question for you is, as you look at this photo, Ask yourself, are you able to recognize your fears and your limits? Are you able to recognize your fears and your limits? And second, what anxiety are you holding in this season? Are you, are you able to recognize your fears and limits? And what anxiety are you holding in this season? So take a minute to reflect on those two questions. You have another 30 seconds. Again, are you able to recognize your fears, your limits, and what anxiety are you holding in this new season?
Let's take another look at the text. And I want you to recognize something. You know, the thing is, it's, it's only when we're able to see ourselves clearly, when we're able to see where our anxiety lies, that we're able to see God. As the disciples traveled on this road, I want you to notice some things in this text. Um, the first thing is that the reality is most of their conversation is just historical, right? They're talking about what happened. They're talking about what they saw, what they witnessed, who did what. Look at this text. In verse 18, they say, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Now, this is when you know you're on the road because they are talking to Jesus, they are talking to Jesus about Jesus himself, all right? So that's what can happen. That's how the thinking can just get really marred. You don't even know who you're talking to or what you're talking about. And he says, very innocently, he says, what things? And I can imagine at this point when he says, what things, I kind of imagine them stopping and looking at him, just being a little bit irritated. And they say, about Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. Again, remember, they are talking to Jesus himself, the one who was crucified, but they don't see that. But then they follow up with the next couple of lines, and what they begin to say is what defines what happens next. The first one is in verse 21, but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. There's an expression of need. There's an expression of humanity. This no longer is a historical account of what happened, who did what, who was to blame. Now they enter into their own humanity, their own grief. They're sharing that. They're pouring that out with, to Jesus. And he takes notice, and he becomes visible because they share their humanity. How do I know that? Because right after that, in 10 more verses, verse 31 says, then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And so my question for you today is, what do you need from him? What do you need from him? Do you need a job? Do you need to get a positive report from your doctor? Do you need to know that your children are okay? Do you need to know that 2021 is gonna be different than 2020 when it comes to your relationship with him, your relationship with your family? Do you just need to have an ear? Do you just need to have Jesus present with you? What do you need from him today? And I'm gonna ask you to take the bold step of writing that down. Take a moment, write it down. Write it down on your paper so that you have an opportunity to enter in and he can enter that space with you. So I hope you've captured something, um, because I think it's, it's important for us to express our need, not to just have it in our head, but to express it, to say it, to allow Jesus to hear our voice, to cry out to him. 
And the one thing that I want to share with you also about this photo is, you know, it is true that in the picture that, you know, the disciples in the, initially, they don't see him. They don't see Jesus. The things that we normally equate with visually seeing someone, they don't have those things, right? The photo is a perfect example of the outline of Jesus's form, but they don't see his face. They don't hear his voice initially. They just hear a voice. They don't smell him. They don't encounter him. They're not touching him. But he's there. He's present. And his indicative, his behavior of being there in this photograph with the disciples at this moment is indicative of a message that he has for us today. And that's a message of hope, that there's something to look forward to, that even though it looks bad, even though it looked dark, and even though it looked over, it wasn't over. And so in that liminal space of waiting, there is something that we're going to encounter. Um, Blaise Pascal, a 17th century French writer, he describes it this way. He says, somewhere, something incredible is waiting to be known. Somewhere, something incredible is waiting to be known. And that's a fascinating phrase to me because it suggests that even though I don't know what's going to happen, what I do know is what's always true, is that Jesus is always present in that space with me. He's always there. He's always with me. And so therefore, there is something incredible that's waiting to happen. And let's take another look at this picture. And I want to show you something else about it that perhaps you didn't notice. So again, you see the outline of Jesus. You don't see the filled in portion of it. And I think this is, uh, this is a indicative of our being able, even though we don't see Jesus, we know his character. And I think the outline suggests his character because it's integrity. They're showing there is a form. There's integrity here. We know that he has integrity. He's who he says he is. He'll do what he says he does. The next thing, and I'm not sure how well you can see it, is but the disciple in the middle, he actually has his hand, his right hand, on Jesus' back. And right hand is a symbol for righteousness, the right side. And he has his hand on Jesus' back. And so what this says to me is even though he does not see Jesus, even though he does not see this, this man filled out, he does believe that Jesus is present. He knows that Jesus is with him. He knows that Jesus has integrity. And he knows that what Jesus has said, he will do. He will always perform what he says. And the other thing is, look in the distance. You see the clearing, the white spaces, the white patches? They're facing the white, page, the white patches, the clearings. The clearings symbolize hope. They symbolize a future. And this is the direction they're heading towards. They're heading towards hope and future. They don't know what that's going to look like, and they don't know where the rest of this road is going to lead, and they don't know all the ins and outs. They don't necessarily know if there's going to be a detour when they get at a certain point, but they can see in the distance. They can see the hope. They can see the road that Jesus is on with them, and I believe that's the message he has for us all this morning as well. You don't know where your road is going. You don't know. I can't tell you whether your journey is going to be long or the weather is going to be short. And I can't tell you that in 2021, you're not going to have detours. 
I can't tell you that they're not going to be difficult seasons and places that you would rather not experience. But what I can tell you, and what this photo does help you to remember, is that at the end of that journey, there is light. Jesus is the light. He is the hope. He wants to let you know that no matter where this road takes you, he will always be on the journey with you, and he will be at the end of the road when you arrive there. He's always thinking of you. He always has hope for you. And so as you enter 2021 and um, all the things that we could be thinking about, right, all the, the, the concerns that we have, and they're all valid. We all have different concerns. We have our health. We have our families. We have our financial situation. We have our children. We have relationships. All of those things are valid. And there's a reason why we're concerned with them. But Jesus wants to let you know that he's concerned with those things as well. And he's walking on that journey. You may not be able to see him right now. And so for you, he may seem pretty distant, like the disciple on the left. It just feels like he's so far away. You can't touch him. You can't feel him. You can't see him. But the important point is he's there. He is present. How do you know, you ask me? How do you know? I know because he left us evidence of his presence. He left us evidence in historical detail of his journey to the cross. That is the tangible evidence that he left us to remind us that he has never forgotten us. He's never going to leave us. He's always on the road with us, and he's committed to your journey and my journey. And nothing the world has for us, nothing that comes down the pike, nothing that comes on the road is going to deter him from being there for you and for me. The cross is your evidence. And Jesus is who he says he is. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for, we thank you for your faithfulness. And we thank you for being the companion on the road of life that we can never do without. There are many that will come and go, and some companions are great for our journey, and some companions encourage us, and there are some companions that we need to leave behind. We need to leave behind in 2020. But you're the one on the road that will never leave us. You're the one on the road that takes us towards hope, that takes us towards life, that takes us towards the Father. And we thank you. We ask that you would help us as we're in this space right now, this week between the joy of Christmas Day and the uncertainty of New Year's Day. We ask that you would help us to see you, help us to feel you, Help us like the disciple in the middle to be able to put our hand on your back, to rest it there, trusting in your integrity and trusting in your love for us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And so we're going to close our service. Um, I want to remind you of a couple of things. First, you know, just stop by our after-service lobby. Um, we would love to just hear you say, you know, Happy New Year. Just drop in, say hi to somebody. Um, we know that you have a busy day ahead, so it can just be a drop-in. Um, and the second thing is 
Maybe today you need prayer. You know, as you think about your own road, as you think about where you're walking, the, just the fear, the anxiety you're holding, you need someone to pray for you. We have a virtual lobby, and there are folks there that just would love to pray with you and pray for you, so please stop in there before you leave. And then for those of you that are tuned in to us, and, and you don't really know too much about this journey with Jesus, but again, you are watching, you are here, you are with us. We want to let you know that there is an option for you. If you text yes to the number on your screen, text yes to Jesus, we're going to have a pastor reach out to you within 24 hours, and they'll talk to you a little bit more about this journey and this life with Christ. We don't want to leave you on this road um, stuck and not knowing how to move forward and not knowing um, the joy of having a relationship with Jesus Christ. So take that courageous step and send out that text, and someone will get back to you. So I'm going to ask you to open your hands. I'm going to pray for all of us. Um, I, I know that 2020 was a very challenging year. It was challenging for every one of us in all kinds of different ways. Everybody's story is different. And I definitely do not know what's ahead in 2021, but I do know who is ahead in 2021. Jesus is waiting for us. He's waiting for you, and he's waiting for me at the end of that road. So brothers and sisters and sons and daughters of the living God, may his face shine upon you. May you know that regardless of where you are on your journey or how long your journey has been, that Jesus, the Son of God, is with you on that journey and that his intention is to be your companion for as long as it takes, as long as your life is on this earth. He will walk with you. And there's hope for you. Even when you think there's no hope, there's always hope and there's light at the end of your road. And so I pray that you would feel his face shine upon you. You would feel his joy and presence with you as you step into 2021. In Jesus' name, I pray for you. Amen. Amen. God bless you all, and Happy New Year if I don't see you. Grace and peace.